0: Attention bobsled riders, you will soon be embarking on a thrilling podcast down the icy slopes of the Matterhorn. So please remain seated keeping your hands, arms, feet, and legs inside the bobsled at all times. Auf Hello yodelers, we are the Matterhorn Yodelers. I am your host today, Peter, with my co-host...
1: Jackie. And...
0: Jesus. And today we're going back to another topic that we have just went over before, and we're going to be talking about some windows—the exciting world of windows. Hope you brought your Windex. (laughs) (laughs) So, for those that may not know, and uh, there are when you go to a Disney park, um, whether it be here or even around the world, um, you'll notice windows on Main Street or in other locations around the parks um, of they'll have names on them and these names are actually real people and I I went into more detail about it on our last time we we did the windows on Main Street episode um, but basically these are people who contributed to the Disney theme parks in one way or another uh, generally, you you'll see a lot. A lot of them are imagineers or people that contributed into the construction and management um, of things. But it's there's their also it's their Easter eggs. Pretty much, yes. it's it's the credits.
2: It's yeah, a big honor. Credits. It's yeah. like the credits. Oh, it is. I think it's pretty honor to have your name put on
0: oh, a yeah. like, window like that. So, like basically the I'm trying to remember what the qualifications were. It's like you had to be a Disney Legend. Um, you had to be retired, um, and Disney management as well as Imagineering had to agree on your window. So play nice, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So we're going back. we I've uh, picked out a few names for us to to go over the the other hosts. They wanted me to pick them out, so I picked out three. We got three Imagineers today, so we're going to be doing a lot of Imagineering and. You'll probably notice a lot of their projects interconnected with one another, um, so you might hear some similar things in terms of these the the impacts that these people contributed to the park. So we're gonna go things, start things off with J Fifth here, and I want you to let us know who you picked, and uh, a little bit about who they are or who I pick. Sorry, I you you pick
2: the name and then the name. you
0: just throw like who do you want, and I'll just like I.
2: I know Jackie's doing Mark Davis and it's like, I've always heard about Mark Davis and I was like, I want a different person's perspective because mm-hmm. Mark Davis is closely associated with Haunted Mansion. So I was like, I'm going to go with Harriet Burns, who also has an association with uh, Haunted Mansion. <laughs> who would have thought? Like Peter says, they all work on the same projects. Well,
1: the Haunted Mansion was a very long project. A very long
2: project. Yes. That's that was. Um, so um, I have Harriet Burns and what's significant about her is that she is the first... Woman, Imagineer. Before they were Imagineers, correct?
1: Yeah,
2: and
0: we we can just say Imagineer. I know it's Wed, Wed, but Wed Enterprises. But they're Imagineers. It's Imagineer. We will just say Imagineer. We're just, just getting for... those those like, but they're Wed, yeah, uh, you know, Like yes, no, they're yes. Imagineers. Like we'll just for
2: yeah. you, you know, take the ring to Mordor, you know, right? Like, uh, <laughs> people, we we understand it. Uh, uh, so Harriet's. Um, a great quote and this is from uh, Marty Schuyler an executive vice president of Walt Disney Parks and Resorts she goes about Harriet she goes she could do everything a man could do and like she's one of those like ceiling busting like women that did it her way and it was done, done very well um, so her story starts where she is from Texas and she went to school she came from a family of uh, people, even her mother, went to college, and and so she was gonna go. But at the time, women were only supposed to do like home economic kind of mm-hmm. courses. And so she went there and got accepted for that school. And then the next day, she went straight to art, and that's how and she got her degree in art. Met her husband, and um, she, you know, with her family moved to LA um, in 1953, and. Started designing props for TV shows and interior um, sets, floors for like the dunes at uh, Las Vegas. And from there, well, I did so one thing I want to mention that she also worked on props for Santa's Village at Lake Arrowhead. And our mother um, used to work there. And so that's kind of cool where yeah. I pulled in. It's like, you know, some of the things that my mother worked at, not at the same time. Uh, (laughs) Yes. 20 years later, it was probably last touched and renovated probably by her. (laughs) But, (laughs) you know, uh, like, uh, Santa's Village was like a, like a small little uh, theme park up in the um, San Bernardino um, mountains where Lake Arrowhead is. Um, That's not where your bottled water comes from. It was inspired where, you know, it comes from. Um, and so, yeah, she worked there. And while she was working in Vegas in the Dunes, she met a guy who was like, hey, I'm going to, like, you know, I, I work for the Disney company. You should come and, and uh, you know, I'll get you a job there. And so she gets a job. Her first job is um, in 1953. She's working in props and set painter for the Mickey Mouse Club. And so Walt's right there, you know, trying to get that TV scene going. And, you know, she gets noticed. And so she gets... Moved um, to a workstation at the Disney Studios and works cross with Fred um, Yorger. Yorger, I think that's how you say his name. He was a modeler for WED, and so she, you know, that's where she got her niche and was making models and, and, and start working that angle. And um, they had a quote and a, a, a statement about her as uh, her appearance. Uh, caused her to stand out on the set and she dressed in high heels and a skirt to work with the hardware and the tools such as drill presses and sanders like she she looked good and um, you know she got noticed um, in the right ways because um, she didn't like um, she didn't um, let her role in society stop what she was trying to do which was to do great projects. And Walt noticed, and that's why Walt's like, hey, you're really good. I'm going to put you over here. And at the time, there were only three people doing, like, models. Right. And yeah. 1955, um, yeah, so in 1955, you know, you're having the expansion of Disney World, really, or Disneyland going. And um, and so with this, she helped with... Uh, was it nineteen fifty-five? I'm trying to think. Well, she said she. Uh, they said that they. She helped with the um, making the model of the castle, and so like, um, who's the gentleman that helped her um, with that? So he would come up with um, like how it would look, and she worked on the small details, the the turrets and um, the the eaves. Yes, her and Fred. Um, they worked on that. And so, you know, she, she built up her reputation by doing the small little details, and those got her a little more jobs here and there. Um, you know, a really famous one is she became, you know, what she got known for in the parks was being the finisher. She would put the finishing touches on everything. There's not a lot of projects that she didn't have her hand in as a resort of just her good work. Like small world, putting faces on there. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the laughing hyena, she would point like, oh yeah, she did the <laughs> laughing hyena, and and just like little little stuff here and there. Um, one for instance is at pirates. You know, she was she made a 40 foot scale of of pirates and. Um, so we all have seen the bridge, and you have the the pirate that's rocking back
0: and forth. Mm-hmm. And the dirty like, foot. The dirty, dirty foot. The dirty foot. Is that what his name? Yeah. So that's what. The, that's what. The, that at least the, that fan community. Everyone Maze, knows um, He's the dirty
2: foot. And so, sh- that's her pirate. And so she would tell her grandkids, and like, oh, that's my pirate, and that's named after, or that's modeled after our milkman who would come to our door. And so, you never know. In this life, how you're going to be immortalized, (laughs) Mister Milkman? You are now a pirate forever. He managed to rode the ride. He's like, man, that looks like me. (laughs) You know, and so you just have those like cool little stories with her. Um, Let's see, at the haunted mansion, she was um, working on a lot of the hair. She got really good at putting hair on things and feathers. And so, she was always doing little hairs. And and so, she was putting the finishing touches at the Haunted Mansion. Um, what else did she She actually has a um, tombstone there. She is, um, what it says is, First Lady of the Opera, Our Haunting, Harriet searched for a tomb, but never could carry it. So, I don't know if she could ever, like, sing or anything. That may be an inside joke, but... I didn't get any more insight on that. But a funny story is, you know, we all know Madame Leota, right? And you're like, oh, she's perfect. Well, it almost became Madame Harriet because she was a very pretty girl. And so she was in the running. And so she put on the headpiece and the black cloak. And they looked at her and they're like, you just have too soft of features. It's like it just doesn't work. And so they use Leota tombs where it's just perfect. It's just, it just has those sharp features and it's it just I can't think of another face that would fit better for Madame Leota. And so you're like you'll look up Harriet Burns and then you try to imagine just a bulb of her head and go like, <laughs> Hmm, could she do it? I don't know. Right. So it's it's kinda cool. So that's a lot of people don't know that there was you know, Madame Leota was may not have been Madame Leota. And right. so that's it's kind of one of those fun little stories that comes out um she worked on what else she worked on she worked on epcot with the, the the norway and morocco and japan pavilions uh making the model sets for that um for the matterhorn you know there were a lot of concepts coming around there and one such was candy mountain
0: so candy like, candy. Charlie, you know, like, <laughs> not that one, not, <laughs> not that candy. Not that not candy that I just like, when I heard candy, mouth, I was like,
2: Charlie, we're going to candy magic. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, there was even a model and you can actually see the model at um, California Adventure. Yep. The candy shop, the candy shop. And so you imagine a big giant candy mountain right next to the, the castle, You know, they had different
0: names for the time. it was supposed to be where the Storybook Canal and and the Casey Jr. train ride is. I think that's where that was supposed to go. Not too far, but it still would be around there, yeah. Yes. Um, And,
2: you know, um, Harriet, you know, she created the scale for the Matterhorns. Everything starts with the model. And so that's, like, her touch and her influence you Know she got the ball rolling and then she would finish it with the small details, and so that's really cool. And her influence, um, she was she worked in the movies, um, or the most famous one is the little bird in Mary Poppins, yes. Oh. And so, the little story is is that uh, they got this bird that was, uh, what's the term, um, when they
0: stuff it taxidermy,
2: yes, tax, yes, this bird had been taxidermy with arsenic. And so they had to clean it out and make sure yeah. So that they could put the little robot like oh not like things where you move your fingers and it would move. Right. And like Walt thought that was the coolest thing when they came up with that. And he was like he would go in a meeting he's like, look at this, you know, and (laughs) you know and so that's how she you know, little stuff here and there, her little influence. And so, you know, I thought that was cool where you don't need big projects to your face or put your name on a window it's the little things the little contributions of like the little sprinkling of your magic Mm -hmm. at the park and one of the coolest ones that i thought was at what she's really you know you can appreciate what she's done is at the tiki room those birds and how it all came about um started with walt always does he Walt really had is. gone to Paris and picked up, like, a trinket little bird that would, you know, it'd wind up and chirp, you know, not how everything, like, automatically push a button and it goes, but, like, it would go, um, it would, you know, it would chirp and then time would go by and then it would do, like, another, like, movement and chirp. And he goes, Walt was inspired by this and he goes, well... You know, like, they've been doing this for 100 years. We've got new cool technology. Why can't we do this now? We need to do something with this. And with this, he, you know, it was like, he gave him the task. Like, you know, do something with this idea. And so you get the Tiki Room as a result.
0: I know that that model, that bird, uh, I believe it's now in Club 33. Club 33. Yeah. The, so the one that inspired yeah. the Tiki Room? Yes. Oh,
2: well, that's really cool. It was a gift for his daughter. Yeah. When he went to when he was in Europe doing like when he would go to Switzerland and 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 get the inspiration for the Matterhorn. Which I actually learned something interesting about that. That somebody wanted to call it uh the Volterhorn. Right? Yeah, you know, like the W <laughs> making the V sound. Yeah. You know, we well, could have
0: been the Volterhorn. The Matterhorn. <laughs> we could have been the Candy Mountain. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, I don't want to use the Charlie voice. I'm yeah. sorry. No. Um, with that said, um, yeah, so, you know, they gave the they came with the chest plate, and she had the problem where she had put all the feathers in, and when they moved, it just didn't look right. It looked like it was the skin would um, punch in a little bit. And so what, you know, it just, you know what inspired her? It was Walt's blue sweater that inspired her how to fix... The tiki room birds because he wore the sweater that had patches and so she was just watching him move and like it wouldn't scrunch up it wouldn't go in and with that she took material from like like a polyesters and and just built you know the underskin for the birds and then put the feathers in and so she would you know the tiki room was kind of her like oh something's not working okay let me go and fix it and so she would do the birds so she did like hairs and feathers oh yeah and so that's where she made a lot of her like that's how she got known you know with the little details the model and everything and there were our granddaughter was saying like oh yeah there were people from other theme parks trying to pull her in because she was just so good at the little stuff but she just loved doing the project she loved what she was doing and you know she she was very happy and so she she was with the company for 31 years. She retired around the time her husband passed away. Um, she got her window in 1992. She became a Disney Legend in, in 2000. So I guess she it was post.
0: I think I, I could have been mistaken about the Disney Legend. And I'm not sure. So. Like I mean, she's old school, so I don't right. know. Like yeah. there was a new rule now in place. Well, and the thing is, there are window, there are names on the windows on Main Street that even the Disney Archives do not know who they are. So, like, there That's are names. I, when I was doing my research on different people on windows, like, there were a few that came up that says, Disney Archives has no idea who this person are is. Are they afraid <laughs> to get rid of it for whatever reason? Pretty much, probably. It's just like, well, they were important at one point in time. That's so cool. That's fun. And so, I mean...
2: I couldn't help but like listening to like interviews of her and how she held herself. It kind of reminded me of our grandmother. Yeah. Just, just the classiness, the, the, the wittiness, the witty, uh, the the ability to get things done and like, you know, kind of push what your role is. And, um, yeah, I couldn't help but just think of her. And she loved wearing scarves and I'm just Mm -hmm. like, Oh, that's our grandmother right there. And so, um, it was a real treat. Um, like I said, there are fun little interviews. Oh, this one's fun. I learned an interview that she did. Um, apparently, Walt wanted a Chinatown in the yeah. Main Street. He did, and so they were working on the animatronic where they wanted a, a like a Confucius, like wise kind of fortune teller to come, and it was like an animatronic kind of, um, a kind of attraction, and. Walt went to San Francisco and is like, no, we we're we're not gonna do this. No, nope. we already got a good one. We don't need to have one there. And but what she learned with doing the skin and stuff was used for great moments with Lincoln yep. and, and Pirates. Yeah. And so it's kind of one of those inspiring stories. Like you work on all this stuff and then it doesn't pan out for the project, but it builds. You know, those failures or those not you know, those projects that didn't work out. You know, they feed great moments with Lincoln right say, she
1: learned so much with that one star with creating the skin and like yeah. how you make it
2: look real and, and so that that that's kind of cool and it's inspiring of like yeah it may not be working out now but what you're learning can be applied later on and so she's she's a she's a classy lady um, bust out that Windex and clean that window um, <laughs> you can see her window at Disneyland it's right next to um, uh, the firehouse it's near it's near Walt's Walt's window Across, it's by the Emporium Clothing, and I believe it says. Did I write it? What it says, or did I say it? It's the Artisans' Handmade Miniatures, rocking, and it has a rocking horse, and it says Harriet Burns, and so that's
0: that's kind of cool. Nice. Well, thank you for sharing. That yeah. was very informative. I learned something. What'd I you mean, learn? I learned uh, I didn't know so much about um, her role in what was it um, the the Candy Mountain yeah i didn't know uh, she did the little models i didn't realize that was yeah. her
2: her granddaughter when they said after she passed away they she kept everything and she's like yeah there were we're going boxes and we'd find little candy bits and stuff yeah in her drawings and and it's like how cool would that be like you get your grandmother that has like yeah i did some stuff at disney and you go through her she's
0: like oh man this right is like yeah. a trove of a information lot. there's yes. a lot
1: of history in the <laughs> her items
0: so Jackie, why don't you let us know? I think we've already spoiled yes. who your person is, but one spoiler. We Sorry, and that's
1: okay. My Imagineer is Mark Davis. He is one of the nine old men. Yeah, which is basically it's a big deal. Walt's crew. his crew. crew. It, it was Walt's crew.
0: His core.
1: Yep, that really helped build Disney.
0: He's honestly like. In the Disney world, he's probably one of the biggest names, in my opinion. He's one of the first names I learned at the Haunted Mansion when I worked there. Like, yeah. Mark Davis. Like, you need to know who that is. And I was like, okay, right, big deal. Like, he's 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 a big deal, especially involving Imagineering. Like, his influences go wide.
1: Well, and here are some thoughts uh, from Walt Disney. Of, I hated the man. No, <laughs> of what he thought of Mark Davis, he said, uh, "Mark can do story. He can do a character. He can animate. He can design shows for me. All I have to do is to tell him what I want, and it's there. He's my renaissance man. So that's such like a great Jack of Jackal trade. A
2: renaissance <laughs> man <Right. laughs> for Walt, boy.
0: That's that's high praise. That's huge. Yeah. Walt was not one to throw compliments out. No. So. No, I won't. Just having your job. Right. was a compliment. <laughs> oh, I'm doing all right. Him saying, like, I like your idea was, like, the highest praise you could ever get from Walt You see <laughs> the guy going in the bathroom. <laughs> he lost my idea.
2: <laughs> Wipe that mascara off. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs>
1: um, and then, uh, I love that uh, someone asked, oh, uh, Davis, uh, oh, uh, Walt, so Walt Disney asked, uh, was asked, what's your favorite, um, animated piece? And Walt had said, when Cinderella gets her ball gown.
0: Yeah. And. He did the transformation. And
1: Mark Davis was the one that animated that scene.
0: So. It's a pretty magical moment. It's it's one of the more iconic moments out of all the Disney animated movies is the Cinderella dress. Yeah, so it goes down and then up mm-hmm. like
2: yeah. like this
0: transformation.
2: So,
1: Mark Davis obviously started as an animator. He, you know, went to school, got started with Disney and he started his career in 1935. He was an animator for Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Old school. Yes. But he was also known as his work on female characters.
2: Yes.
1: He was uh, called the ladies' man. (laughs) (laughs) Not because... And that's why his
2: wife worked with him at the company. No. (laughs) (laughs) Yes,
1: and his wife worked with him at the company. Uh, And so Mark was very known for his sketches with uh, and development of uh, female characters in the stories. He would often sit in like the sound booth with the voice actors to try to sketch their emotions, which wasn't very common. Um, So he really mastered uh, like gestures and expressions. Some of the animation he worked on was Snow White, Bambi, Bear Rabbit, uh, Bear Fox. Uh let's see here Bongo, Mr. Toad, Cinderella, Alice, Tinkerbell, Aurora, Maleficent, Prince Philip.
0: So Which he he cool. did Quite a lot of, of he he animated, animated a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? The Maleficent
2: okay. one is that's Yes. Just one of the most revered villains. Right.
1: And Corella DeVille, of course.
0: Oh.
1: So he was in charge of a lot Die. of I need to character so then he was brought on to the disney parks um his first project was jungle cruise and i think the reason why they brought him on was because he was the comedy man
0: oh yeah they walt was seeing what was happening with jungle cruise and he goes it's kind of dry yeah it's kind of dry it's pretty funny because it's a it's
2: a water ride it's a water ride (laughs) it's (laughs) a water ride
0: <laughs> Puns already. Right. Yeah. Older, <laughs> it, so, it happens.
1: he was he was a big influence on the uh, Indian elephant bathing pool yep. scene, and the rhinoceros chasing up the pole.
2: Oh yes.
0: Yes. Yeah, so. I think they get the point. <laughs> they get the point in the end. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs>
1: He also worked on Mind Train Through Nature's Wonderland. Pre,
0: is it Pre-Thunder Mountain? Pre-Thunder Mountain.
1: Pre-Thunder, yep. Enchanted Tiki Room. He worked on Ford Magic Skyway, which is at, was the?
0: World's Fair. World's, World's Fair. Fair. So go back. You're going to want to go back because I'm also going to be talking about the World's Fair, so go back, listen to that episode, because we'll go into more detail about it. you get some
2: context to these Mm -hmm. projects because that that event gets the part going as well. Oh, yeah. Uh,
1: Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln, Carousel of Progress, It's a Small World, Pirates of the Caribbean, The Haunted Mansion, which... We kind of discussed before, but the haunted mansion was a very long project. Disney Plus.
0: It, it dates, it dates back prior to the opening of like Disneyland in Anaheim. Like there was a plan for the haunted mansion to be built on the small acreage park for Mickey Mouse Park. That they were building right next to the studios originally, there was going to be a haunted a house. A haunted house. Yeah. And then the so. haunted
1: mansion, what opened up in nineteen sixty nine. Yes. <laughs> and some so time. there's a great uh, Disney Plus released a great documentary. Go,
0: yeah, the behind the attraction, they go and they they do a good job of explaining the history of that uh, attraction. So go on Disney Plus, watch that episode. It's a good yeah. One. My mother was that, mother was asking
2: you know questions like in the stretch room is it what part of the house is it and i was like well it's more facade but you know it's it's yeah it was kind of fun to answer those questions because right. it stirs those kind of like well i know it goes up here and it goes down here and so it's yeah. those, i recommend it it's it's informative
1: uh it's fun because walt was paired with or sorry uh mark davis was paired with claude Coates. yep which they are opposite personalities.
0: And you had them. Yeah, you had, had cod coats on I had the Claude last Coates episode. before.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, so the was a fun fact. Uh, also Country Bear Jamboree.
0: Oh yeah, that is that is Mark Davis through and through.
1: America Sings and the Western River Expedition, which was never built. Which that expedition was basically a Western Pirates. Yeah,
0: basically, like, they wanted they didn't want to recreate Pirates of the Caribbean for Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, so they came up with this attraction. But then as they were building Disney World, people were like, we don't get pirates? And so they're like, all right, you can have pirates. Wouldn't and it make sense? You're in Florida. Right. That was, that was <laughs> right. the logic. But why wouldn't you do that? That was the logic <laughs> as to... And so, like, yeah, it's really sad that, like, that is an attraction that, like, I wish we did get over well, Pirates. Enough. Because Whoa. the Disney World Pirates... Whoa, fire, shots fired. Oh, yeah, the Disney World Pirates is by far the worst Pirates attraction in the world.
2: I hate how you end, like, the actual setup, it's, the mechanics of it. It's but.
0: the shortest one. It's You could tell it's, it's, like, sort of the best ofs of Disneyland. Sort of. That was, that was
1: and funny. Mark Davis was sad about it because the Western River Expedition was his baby. Oh
2: like, yeah, that was gonna to have be... someone can your project. It's it's always hard when you're working on something. You're like, stop that and put it on hold. You're like,
0: I'm mm. gonna go work on this thing that we already did, and it's like, yeah, it's yeah. Like if you look at like the plans for this, this was gonna be like. The West Britain Expedition was going to basically be, like, three attractions in one. Like, it was this massive project.
1: Yep. So, Mark Davis' window is right uh, north of the Main Street Cinemas, and it is right next to his wife, Alice. Aww. So, they the. They have two windows right next to each other. It'd be other. funny if like,
2: her window's cracked open, and she's just <laughs> all like, Take out the garbage! <laughs> Don't talk about <me> my business! <laughs> um,
1: and so the part of his legacy, so uh, someone asked him how he would like to be remembered. He says, well, I like to think I'm a really decent person and a pretty good artist. Yeah
2: yeah we had a picture of him in the haunted mansion break room with him with his arm was his arm around it but he had his pipe and like he was with one of the ghosts and it was really fun to see
1: yeah so mark davis was obviously known for his animation and also through his work on these main classic attractions bringing in the comedy the light, and just the fun into the parks
0: great. Thank you for sharing. There's, there's so much to, to learn from him. Like he did so much to like try to, we could honestly have just done an episode just on Mark Davis and his work. Um, you could do multiple for each attraction. Right. His influence is, it's extensive. It's, it's amazing. And that guy definitely worth every bit of window that he got. So, all right. So my turn So when we said we were going to do another Windows episode, like I wanted to do Rolly Crump so bad. Like I had read his autobiography and I loved it because his autobiography literally reads as if he's like grandpa telling his kids a story. Like he goes on to tangents. He talks about like the crazy pranks they would used to play. Like Jackie, you would love this because it's full of tea.
1: Oh, yeah?
0: You get tons of tea. Oh, I'm going to have to borrow I remember that when you were...
1: I love
2: when, the tea. your day with Walt, you're like, I oh, yeah. not know what's going oh, on. Oh, yeah, they
0: talk about all the pranks they used to pull. They talk about how, like, they they cut a hole in the wall underneath one of the animator's desk, one of the head animators, and would, like, blow talcum powder on his, <laughs> on, on his waist, you could say. And, like, he could never figure out where it was coming from. <laughs> Until, like, one day, like, they knew he had an, a meeting with uh, Walt Disney, and so, so they sprayed him with water, and so he looked like he peed himself <laughs> right before he was about to go have lunch with Walt Disney. Like, like they talk about these crazy pranks. I it's love this, so funny. I love the
1: one prank that they talk about in the Haunted Mansion uh, behind-the-scenes uh, episode where the... They asked uh, the. For the janitor's sake to keep the lights on when developing the items. Yes, for his Museum of the
0: Weird. Yes, Yes. (laughs) that was great.
1: And uh, they. Played a prank and, like, put everything on a timer so when the janitor was in there cleaning, the lights turned off and (laughs) (laughs) the glow in the
2: dark. (laughs) The pepper sauce. Yes. Not the pepper sauce. Pepper, no. The pepper's ghost? Pepper's ghost, yeah. I was like, pepper sauce. I was like, no, that's a cave. (laughs) What am I doing? How am I going to a cave?
0: So, yes, I have uh, Rolly Crump, or his name, his actual name is Roland Fargo Crump Jr. I had, and... I'll get into why he got called Rolly, because that comes straight from Walt Disney himself. I'll get into that a little bit later. Um, but he was born February twenty seventh, nineteen thirty. In nineteen fifty one, he was uh, he had just kind of graduated high school around this time, and uh, he was having dinner like somebody was having dinner, a friend of his mom's, and she worked for the Walt Disney Company. Well. Rolly grew up loving animation. He wanted to be an animator. His dream was to go work at Disney. And so she would he asked her and she goes, you know she was like, well, I'll tell you who to contact. And she gave him all the information as to who to contact. And uh, he went in like like right away to meet with the guy. and you know uh, he did a little test, you know, animation test, and he says, do you have a portfolio? Uh, and he hands him his like high school portfolio animation uh, and he got the job. Well, later on when he uh, joined WED, uh, he later learned that his portfolio was the worst portfolio <laughs> that anyone had ever given to the company. He's like, oh, yeah. how I got hired, I don't know. But I'm but here. They, they, they saw something in him. So when he started, he he got started as uh, an in-betweener. So that's basically bottom of the ranks uh, in terms of animation uh, for Peter Pan. Uh, And then he moved on to be assistant animator to Eric Lawson, who was also one of Walt's Nine Old Men not good. one of the more well-known ones, but he is definitely That's a good, a good mentor. Yes. to get one of
2: the
1: Yeah.
0: Right. And so he was he was his assistant for Lading the Tramp, Sleeping Beauty, and 101 Dalmatians. And one specific scene that I think is quite impressive that you can like that gives credit to how hard uh, he worked was in 101 Dalmatians. Uh, Eric, you know, he animated the sequence of the dogs watching television. uh, And he basically handed everything over to Rolly and says, you get to do the spots for all the dogs for that scene. (laughs) And he spent six months spotting every dog, making sure it looked good, and how it stretched and all that stuff. So, like, when you watch... That scene towards the beginning of the movie of the dogs watching the television show, that was all all the spots were all rolly. <laughs> <laughs> nice when you're the head anime where you're like, yeah. I'm not doing spots. <laughs> Correct. So like that was that was his job. So so like, yeah, he So and his book goes in a lot of details of fun stories, pranks, all that stuff. Uh, and I'm gonna talk about something here, and you're gonna ask me, like. Why are you talking about this? Because it's very important to his Because it's my podcast. It's my podcast. I'll say what I want. (laughs) So he learned, another uh, animator there uh, showed him how to make this pinwheel out of his pencil, his pencil holder or whatever. So he started getting really into it and started making these crazy, elaborate pinwheels and uh, propellers. and, And they were like everywhere. And he also, for fun, he created what you know people started calling his "doper" posters, which were like these posters. Like it wasn't him necessarily glorifying these things; it was just like funny or... commentary on like kind of like advertisements for different sort of drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, until like one day, uh, some of the animators were like, "Hey." you should rent out some of the space in the library to show off some of your work with your pinwheels and your, your doper posters. And he's like, sure, I'll, I'll do that. And so he rented out a space. And uh, he gets a phone call um, from uh, one of the secretaries and says, Walt saw your work. And he goes, <laughs> oh, no, I'm about to get fired. What happened? And he goes, she, he laughed. And he's like, oh, thank goodness! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he laughed, and uh, and so that became something that would make him memorable in Walt's eye was this event of him making these propellers and these posters. And so time came when Walt was looking f- to pull more people from animation to help with Disneyland, and uh, Ward Kimball goes, well, what about that uh, that Roland have- guy? Uh, you really like these. Oh, which one was it? He's the guy that did the the pinwheels and stuff. And he goes, "Oh, I like him. Get him on the phone. Call call up Eric. Uh, Eric Lawson. See if he's available." And Eric's all like, "No, you can't have him. He's too important to my to my stuff. Like I need him. He's too important." He's still doing pot spots. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> That's he's right. On the spots. <laughs> he's working on the spots. No, you can't have him. <laughs> He's my monkey. <laughs> um, and so eventually, like, you know, they dropped it. And then uh, Ward Kimball said, why don't you talk to him directly, uh, Walt? And so Walt we'll talked to to uh, Roland uh, while Eric was in another country uh, <laughs> <laughs> and recruited him to be a part of WED, which, uh, you know, was great for him. He loved it. Uh, he was always looking to expand what he could do. He always, him and Walt were always like on very similar wavelengths. Like they had the same type of humor, they understood each other, like they just got each other. And so, like, he became one of Walt Disney's like true confidants, one of the confidants, people who like, he was never afraid to like tell Walt the truth. Like, the reality of things. Like, this doesn't look good. This is important when you get way well, yeah. up there in the Ivy yes. Tower and you're
2: doing business all the time. Which,
0: you know, because there's a lot of yes men. Yeah. And, you know, you run into that a lot in corporations. You get a lot of yes men. And that made uh, Roland not very popular amongst uh, the rest of the executives and things like that because he wasn't a yes man. Um, like how dare you it really was and, Walt Disney. and it came to a lot of him being kicked out of a lot of projects um, because of him not being very popular the only reason why he was in positions that he was was because Walt Disney would put him there whether they liked it or not It's um, kind of stink you're like hey yeah. we're going
2: to get this project Rolly walks and you're like oh crud Yeah, going <laughs> yeah. to be the death sentence a of this people, project there was
0: a lot, a lot of people they they didn't like him very much uh, so, one of his first projects he was sent on, he was w- one of the early people sent to work on the Haunted Mansion. So, he was there with Yale Gracie doing the initial groundwork research on, like, how to do Pepper's Ghost and Pepper all Pepper stuff. Sauce Ghost, right? Pepper Sauce Ghost. <laughs> <goodness. laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, not at <laughs> all. Uh, how to do all of that stuff. Um, so, he was a part of that initial team to do that that research. And then he got pulled off to start working on, uh, he you know, Walt Disney took him and says, we're going to do this tiki room show, and, um, you know, I want to create a, a pre-show space with all the tikis, the tikis. And so, like, he would come up with the designs and, uh, you know, show, and, like, he started off, one of the fun stories he shares is that he, you know, when he, uh, doing his initial studies, he, he drew this one piece it didn't. It wasn't any specific god or anything like that. It was just kind of him, his general idea. And then he did designs for the specific gods. And so when he went and showed Walt the designs of everything, uh, you know, uh, you know, he, you know, really pointed out everything uh, except for that one because it wasn't based off of anything. Um, but then Walt goes, "What about him? What's his deal?" <laughs> And so he didn't know, Roley really didn't know what to do. And I forgot who, who it was, but they started talking about, if use, oh, and, and he was the tiki who would spit water in the bamboo and it would s- it spill out into over, the yeah. water. So that's, that's the tiki that I'm talking about here. Um, and he would talk, oh, it's the bamboo clicker. And Walt thought he heard, like, clock. He says, <laughs> what, what about a clock? And he goes, oh, it's the tiki that, it's the god that tells time. And then Walt, Walt's like, okay, whatever, and left. And that Imagineer went, went over to Roland and says, you need to find out who the tiki is who's in charge of time, and which, that is Maui. So, oh, <laughs> gosh. Gotcha. So, uh, and so when it came to, you know, uh, Walt told um, Rolly to go and um, uh, get, go to, Bl- I believe it's Blaine Gibson, to uh, get all these things sculpted. Blaine's all like, I'm too busy. I can't do this.
2: Harriet worked with Blake. Yes. They
0: actually had a, a good relationship yeah. where um,
2: after they retired, he was like a grandpa to her grandkids. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, oh, yeah, that name's... What... And you look at some of the, the, the works he
0: did in sculpting the faces oh, yeah.
2: of the president. It's great work. So sorry, tangent. No, you're,
0: you're fine. So... Uh, yeah, he's all like, I'm too busy. You do it. And he goes, I don't know how to sculpt. I don't know. He's like, well, I'm going to show you. And so um, he sculpted all of those tiki's that you see in the pre-sh- pre-show pre area. In the Enchanted Tiki uh, Garden. In the, in whatever that, called, that area is called.
2: That's what we used to call
0: it in the, the spiel, like, Aloha, welcome to the Enchanted Tiki Garden. You know, oh, okay. That's <laughs> what we gotcha. it. <laughs> And so uh, and there's fun stories about how, like, you know how do you make something look like wood that isn't wood? And he talked about how you used a spork from the thing and... sporky.
2: <laughs> yep. So <Aww. laughs> or forky. Trash. Uh, so yeah. Trash. 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 <laughs> trash yes. <laughs> uh,
0: and then he also sculpted. Rolly also sculpted the uh, the drummers and all the tiki faces, as well as the uh, the garden in the center, as well as the birdie mobile. Wow. So like he, li- he like he says like I probably sculpted about eighty percent of that attraction. Not the birds. Not the birds. He didn't do the birds, no. but he that's did. Do the- yeah, that's here my it. girl, right? There. <laughs> he, did, he did the birdie mobile. So which uh, funny story? Walt said he's like, yeah, I want this mobile to hold hundred birds. Uh, and they're like, "Yeah, we can get you, like, 30. <laughs> <laughs> you imagine the animatronic guy is like, whoo, like, face. <laughs> it's like, that's a lot of wires to go through one little thing. So, uh, and then he got caught on the project of uh, redesigning the uh, Adventureland Bazaar, the shop there. So he also redesigned that area because it wasn't really well done before. And then uh, another thing about the Tiki Room, he says that was probably his like pride and joy was working on the Tiki Room because that was like, again, like he did about 80% of all the sculpting for that. That's a fun attraction. Yeah. It's a good show. So. um, Biased. (laughs) So then, you know, around that time, the World's Fair come and come around and again, we've we have another episode all about the World's Fair. Go back, listen to that if you haven't already. If you have, listen to it again, because I said so. Um, You're going to learn something, <laughs> I promise. Uh, he worked on uh, the Ford Skyway attraction, uh, mostly in the queue. Like He did this weird thing where he created an orchestra out of car parts. Oh, it's kind of fun. Um, and then, you know... And he worked, you know, he wasn't necessarily a big person at that time to work on something specific until uh, Walt Disney says, oh, yo, like right before, like less than a year before the start of the World's Fair, says, oh, yeah, we're going to do this little boat ride for UNICEF uh, called It's a Small World. Yes. And so he worked, um, so he was kind of put in charge, was helped, you know, was one of the main people that helped work on that Uh, He created, he was the one that designed the Tower of the Four Winds, which, you know, is synonymous with everyone being like, oh, it's so beautiful and wonderful. And if you look at Roly's model, it really is. But then when he sent it to the people who were going to build it, they're like, we can't make it look like this. We need to make these things, like, bigger so it'd support the structure. Yeah, the structural engineer was like, ah, no. Correct. And that's why, like, when the final product came around you know it didn't look the way that he wanted it to but it it made sense walt disney put Rolly on this because of what he had seen in his pinwheels and his um and and his propellers so that's why he got put in charge of that project um of doing that so uh a fun little thing there so uh, when the World's Fair ended, uh, Mary Blair, who was basically the face of It's a Small World, she was that, yeah, that's her baby. That's her right. baby. She came out of retirement just to do that attraction. And then the time came when the World's Fair ended to bring everything back to Disneyland. Uh, she went back to retirement. And Rolly got put in charge of that transfer, everything over to Disneyland. Except for that pinwheel. Except for the pinwheel. Good. Well, the, 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 he talks about that. They talk about how, like, the executives, they came up to him and said, uh, Rolly, we can't save the the, the the tower. And he goes, good, I don't want it. I don't like it. <laughs> he says, great, can you tell Walt? <laughs> And uh, it's so Magic funny. Electric accident. Right. And babes in Toyland were like, slowly. Do you know where that <laughs> pinwheel
1: is now? Uh,
0: it's somewhere in the ocean. Yes, yeah, Basically. It's, it's in just, water. It's, underwater. They just threw it in there? Yeah. They yeah. Just, this is some fish calling it their home now in pieces. Uh, but they talk about that meeting where he told Walt, Walt and Walt sees right through it. Because like he sees that the other people put Rolly up to it. And, says, and so he went to each one and says, let me guess. You say it's a logistical nightmare to bring that thing over. Yes. You think it's a safety hazard. Yes. You think it's going to be too expensive to maintain. Yes. Okay. <laughs> like, Walt saw right through all of the BS when it came to the tower. So, uh, so coming back, Small World is coming to Disneyland. And so they have to try to design a facade. The what the outside of the building looks like because they didn't do that with the World's Fair, so uh, they call up Mary Blair and say, hey, "Come on back, work on this facade." And so and so she does, uh, and Walt's kind of all like, "Well, that's interesting. Let's go another direction." And she go back to your cave. Uh, she left. Me. She left, and Rolly was like, "Okay." So basically, he took uh, her artwork. And kind of transformed it into what we see the outside today. He put, you know, even like... Because like before it was just kind of like the facade without the clock. The clock is basically like the focal point of the right. whole facade.
1: It puts it all together.
0: So when the idea was that like we're going to put a clock there. We really wanted to put a clock there. He went back to Mary Blair and said, hey, can you design a clock? And so yeah, then they redesigned stories. it, and then Rolly was able to translate it and to make it into a reality. Cool. Um, so the, the design of the facade is all merry, but it would never have happened without Rolly.
1: Rolly got the ball rolling.
0: He did. <laughs> oh, yeah, I didn't get to the story about his name. So, like, yeah. uh, his name, Walt was really bad with names. And there was another Crump that worked with him in finance with Walt. I'm
2: sure he was Crump the Grump. Right.
0: And so <laughs> he kept mixing up the, uh, Rolly's name with his name. And so he called him, like, Orwell and things <laughs> like that. And he goes, I don't even know where some of these names are coming from. And so eventually, like, Walt just said, you know what? You're Rolly now. And he goes, okay, I guess I'm Rolly now. You know you're pretty powerful <laughs> when you can just change people's names. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Right.
2: Reminds me of my kindergarten teacher when Ben Ben Benjamin Igna couldn't spell his first name, and I remember her just taking his name tape, his name tag, and ripping it. And going, your name is Ben. It's Ben. B E N. Ben. ben. <laughs> Write it now. I remember. And I was like, wow,
0: she's angry.
1: <laughs> she just renamed a child.
2: <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> so going on uh after he finished it's a small world he got put back onto the haunted mansion project basically back on track of where things were prior to the world's fair and that's when he started coming up with this idea of like he just started creating things just random creepy random weird things and they go into more detail about this uh on the uh, behind the attraction episode on disney plus about how you know when walt was going to come and take a look at everything they kind of put his stuff to the side because it was really weird and off putting, and so that Walt wouldn't necessarily be able to look at it. But sure enough, Walt's got an eye and he goes, What's that stuff hidden in the corner over there? And it's, Oh, that's something that Rolly's working on. Uh, and, and he looks at it and goes, Okay, well, that's weird. And he leaves. And then, you know, Rolly's kind of like, Whatever. Uh, he didn't care because he enjoyed doing that stuff, it's fun to be able to go into work and create random stuff. And and then, you know, Rolly comes into work the next day and Walt Disney's sitting at your desk and he goes, Rolly, your stuff kept me up all night long. (laughs) And he's like, oh no, oh no, and so.
1: Just to walk in and Walt's sitting in your chair. Right,
0: in your workstation, (laughs) he's like, oh my gosh. Uh, And then uh, right then and there, early in the morning, uh, they hash out this idea about the Museum of the Weird, which was gonna be kind of like a post-show to the Haunted Mansion. So when you exit the Haunted Mansion, you would enter the Museum of the Weird and see all this weird stuff. Um, That'd be better. That'd be kind of cool as you're
2: going up the escalator to see to see weird stuff.
0: and you do see some traces of Rolly's work throughout the attraction, but unfortunately, when Walt passed, uh, Rolly kind of kind of got booted out of that um, out of that attraction. So we didn't necessarily get to see so much of of his work. Um, so then he got put uh, right before Walt died. He got working on uh, Tomorrowland. That they are doing a remodel of Tomorrowland, so he designed the uh, the Tomorrowland Terrace, the the bandstand that goes up and okay. down. So he designed that as well as some ticket stands and some booths like the the hat shop, the Mad Hatter shop in Tomorrowland. Like okay. he designed okay. that. Like he did a lot of that stuff. So then Walt Disney died, and management didn't really Imagineering management didn't like him, and so they basically said, you know what, we got a new job for you. Uh, you're going to be the supervising art director at Disneyland. Okay. And so he's like, whatever. And there, he actually has a lot of influence. A lot more influence than I think a lot of people give him credit for. Like, for example, like he came up with this idea of creating a smell that they would, you know, throw out there in the Pirates of the Caribbean in the burning scene of, like, charcoal. And they're like, great idea, but people will start freaking out and thinking that the place will actually be good point. burning. Yeah. Which ended up becoming an idea they would use later on. For everything else. They got the smelters. It smells like oranges. Oh, yeah. Right? Oranges. Yeah. So, like, this... The this, smell
1: this... of sweetness and Main Street. That's the right. Candy. The smell
0: of
2: fart. It's actually <laughs> just coffee. <laughs> so Folgers in your cup right there. <laughs>
0: so, like, he did a lot of things. One of the fun things that he did, um, like, he convinced management of, like, repairing Main Street because it was falling apart. Like, it was basically that all the building facades were being held up by paint at this point like he cuz like manage, like maintenance was all like what do we do Rolly? and he says all right bring them over here i'll show them and so basically he just got kind of like this like pick and went right into one of the buildings and it just like cut the wood like butter and then he says we need to invest into maintaining main street and so like he did a lot of cool things um the chains that we see in the parks um, they used to have this they used to have to paint these chains oh, white no. uh, every like week and so he came up with the sub- he came up with the substitute that they still use today um, I thought a man should use like a brass one they've got like a yeah
2: they've got a different one
0: So uh, also the uh, the posts that hold the chains to protect guests from stepping on the grass. You know, they used to just be, like, these, like, metal stakes that would... And guests would fall over them. Right. We read about that in the the lawsuit. Correct. Well, he, instead of going through the proper channels of getting proper posts made, he just designed and made them himself and installed them without (laughs) management. And nobody said anything, so he's all like, all right. What's the best way to do it. Just yeah. do it, and then apologize later. <laughs> I can always take it out. Like, right, uh, exactly, because it looks nice. You look, and you see those posts, and those were designed by Roley on just Main takes Street. one lawyer to go, I don't know about that. So he did that for about, like, three years. He got called on to the Disney World project. Uh, he was put in charge of, like, the Fantasyland Dark Rides, as well as the Tiki Room. Um he did a lot of the work for Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, so that was his baby. Uh, he wanted to make an Alice in Wonderland attraction. Um but instead of being in a caterpillar, you would be in a teacup that you would spin along the way so you can look around, which sounds like which obviously never got built, but it sounds like another attraction that we have today at Disneyland.
2: Dino Land, Ride, right? No, no Dino
0: <laughs> Mr Rogers uh Mr. Roger. Roger Rabbit's cartoon spin. Boy, so now I look at that <laughs> room, really totally different now. Yeah. A wonderful it's day in the neighborhood. neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, 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 So uh And then he worked on, you know, Tiki Room, and he could tell management was not the same as when Walt was there, and he knew that this was the time for him to leave. You kind of know it. Yeah. He, he left for some time, you know, he did, he worked for, he built like, he designed like some prince's Fortress, he did uh Barnum and Bailey's theme park, uh, and a bunch of other stuff. And then he got called back on for Disney for Epcot because Disney was desperate to get people for everyone, yeah. And so he worked on the Wonders of Life Pavilion before he got kicked (laughs) off of that. But uh, if you were there before it closed, you could see his pinwheels up above in the air. But his main work was in the land pavilion. Um, He designed mostly everything in there. So, like, the hot air balloons. Uh, He actually sold the idea of living with the land attraction Um, to the executives. The executives were like, you can't grow plants inside of a building. That's crazy. And so, like. He
1: really wanted cucumbers. He
0: really wanted some cucumbers. You know what? It's popular. (laughs) You You know what? Just jump out and grab it right no don't do that don't do that (laughs) don't 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 be that late so like he was a driving force behind that as well as the kitchen cabaret show Um, veggie veggie fruit fruit which you know and throughout that whole time working on Epcot he was still butting heads with all of the executives and not making a lot of headway there so he left again Uh, he was asked to come back to Imagineering in the 90s for the redesign of Epcot so he redesigned some of the uh, attractions in the Land Pavilion there as well. So uh, and he also designed the electric umbrella for those that remember that. That was the the fast food restaurant that was. Um, I remember that. Yeah. It's where they sent people when they didn't do well at Mission Space. <laughs> so so he he did quite a bit, um, and he did get his window. Believe it or not. On the episode here, uh, his window uh, is located at the Disneyland China Shop. So uh, he he makes a point to point out that like his window would be in one of the most infamous, risque, uh, original shops at Disneyland, where the lingerie shop I was. was.
2: That's where the lingerie was. Yeah. So he says
0: that, that that was a suiting fit where his window ended up um but <laughs> but his window reads uh Fargo's Palm Parlor which is Fargo was his mental name uh predictions that will haunt you bizarre whimsical and weird designs to die for Ronald F Crump assistant to the palm reader so there's a lot of little tributes there they have some of his concept art for uh Museum of the Weird uh tiki room and it's a small world. And in th- his little stained glass cool. window. So uh he's still alive today. He hasn't passed on. So you can still see him in a variety of different documentaries and things like that, including the behind the new behind the attraction series on Disney Plus. It's so fun he's to he's see them there. talk about it. You learn
2: so much. I've learned so much about like Walt in these interviews. Um from the people we were we're discussing. And it's it's really cool that you just wouldn't get
0: from a book. Yeah. It just shows you that, like, these people who, for the most part, the majority of the people, they walk by, they, they don't even know. These people who have made major contributions to how we view Disney parks in general or Disney in general, including the animation side of things, like... It's, it's it's great to give them the recognition that they deserve because, like, without them, Walt never would have got his dream. Um, and we would not be here talking about this today.
1: It's exciting to think, like, you know, when these Imagineers started, they were just, like, going in for a job and... They weren't, you know, celebrities or anything. And now they are legends and appreciated. And you think about what the current Imagineers are and what
0: impact they will have.
2: They're nobodies. No, No, we
0: appreciate that. But uh, thank you for joining us again this week. And uh, please write to us. Tell us uh, about maybe uh, what are some of the attractions that that we've talked about here today that maybe you remember or, you know, like that you have a special connection with, uh, let us know. You can contact us on our Facebook, our Instagram. You can email us at MatterhornYodelers at gmail.com. Uh, you can also leave us a voicemail on our um, anchor
2: anchor page. Anchor
0: page. Uh, but until next time, Avi Wiedersehen. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of the Marajón Yodelers. Please remember, before your bobsled comes to a complete stop, to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And remember...
2: Remain seated, please. Permanecer sentados, por favor.